welcome to the latest edition of Take Note. This is, this is our little podcast about uh, carrying a notebook around and trying to write down things that we notice and, and think about other things like creativity and uh, uh, parenting and, and survival and thrival. Uh, I'm here with Adam. Hello, Adam. Hey, Ted, did you say thrival? Yeah. Hmm. Nice. Coined it. <laughs> a little neologism. And uh, we're also here with the occasional co-host and number one fan, super fan, Ryan Sly. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys. Happy holidays. Hey, Ryan. I didn't hear you come in. To you as well. (laughs) Good to have you aboard. As always, how have your holidays been thus far? Quite good. I crept down the chimney very quiet and sneakily. Test run. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I, I well, got I got some good uh, I got some good Hanukkah loot, including a uh, Baron Fig planner and a Japanese washcloth. A Japanese washcloth, very very cool and stretchy, and I think it's called a goshi. But there is there is something about getting a washcloth as a gift that, that really <laughs> leads to some reflection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, on a serious note. Uh, and this is something I was thinking about the other day because I got a, I got a nice wool cap from my brother-in-law. He's a, he, he he shaves his head bald, and uh, you know I asked his wife, my sister, if uh, if he needed a nice winter cap. She said yes, and and he I watched him put it on. It's like you know made in America, really nice qualities from Man Ready Mercantile here in Houston, which I love that store. Uh, and I watched him put it on, and just a look of of peacefulness and pleasure as the fine fabric made contact with his skull. Really nice things, like fabrics and things, are really nice. I just want to say that. The way it's manifested itself in my life is that I pretty much will only wear really nice socks now. And my life is better for it. And I'm very upset that one of my really nice slippers has been missing for three days. <laughs> I don't know how everything goes missing, but I... That I, is upsetting. I knew I loved those slippers, and now I really know I loved those slippers. I can't go too long walking around barefoot in my house anymore. I feel like I'm walking on planks of wood. You know what's worse than that is walking with just one slipper on. <laughs> All right, so every episode uh, we ask each other a question, what do you got? It means what have you written down in your notebook of late? So, Ryan, guest of honor, what do you got? Well, I'd like to share a list of reindeer tryout rejects. Reindeer <laughs> tryout rejects. Uh, number one, Constellation. He was a good reindeer, good reindeer skills, but unwilling to change his name to be song-friendly. He was out. <laughs> Number two, uh, Princess had a contentious relationship with Rudolph. No rapport. (laughs) Walter, uh, number three, Walter, too easily distracted by Christmas lights. Immediate disqualification. (laughs) Number four, Flirty, charming, but there was an incident involving Vixen. (laughs) And number five, Rudolph. Initially rejected. Wasn't well-liked. Something about him that the other reindeer found off-putting. Also obsessed with fog. With a uh, note here at the bottom, check Wikipedia for Santa Claus's reindeer. It is a, an absolute reindeer hole. <laughs> Look up uh, Santa Claus's reindeer. There are pages upon pages of uh, cultural references to various reindeer that you've never heard of it will it'll take you some time that's fantastic absolutely delightful i um one of my first wikipedia like rabbit holes was um somehow i got to the page for birdo the pink bad guy in super mario brothers 2 which in super mario's lore apparently is both male and female at times but and I've and I've returned to that Wikipedia page times because of wh- how much joy it brought me when I found it, and they've really like cleaned it up, like it's uh, there's not as much information there, so 
I'm glad that the reindeer, you know, that reindeer information, that's never going to go away. I mean, it's been, I think, been edited over the over many years, I'm sure. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> what do you got, Adam? Uh, okay, I um, I wrote down this. Uh, during asynchronous read-along, that's when the kindergartners watch a recording of uh, a book being read to them by uh, not a professional educator. Um, the children got to choose between two books, The Night Before Christmas or a book called Hanukkah. And so uh, you click the one of the books on the screen that you want to hear. And I discovered that um, when they click on Hanukkah, a book called Christmas is read in its place. Now, mm. that may, you know, that may just be uh, an accident. But um, the next day, when they clicked on um, Caps for Sale, and instead there was a lecture about how the peddler was a political destabilizer and not a legitimate citizen. I found that a little mm-hmm. questionable. That's, a, that's just a pattern. That's a yeah, pattern. That's right. Yeah, that's right. What do, you, what do you got? Uh, I was listening to NPR, and I don't even remember the topic, uh, but the, the interviewer said something I had never heard before. Uh, he was criticizing something, saying, eh, this, this didn't go right, you know, something's gone wrong. What is causing the cup to miss the lip here? <laughs> when you can't even figure out what, what <laughs> realm the metaphor is in, if it's a sports metaphor or per- perhaps an <laughs> eating, eating and drinking beverage-related metaphor, maybe it's not a good metaphor. What do you got, Ryan? So, as I traveled down the, the reindeer hole of Wikipedia, I, I, I ended up looking at uh, some lesser-known facts about Festivus, uh, which were limited, uh, I was surprised to see, but, you know, you've got the typical well-known Festivus pole, the Festivus so dinner. Su- you were surprised to see that there were not a lot of facts about an imaginary holiday. Yeah, I mean, if that's not Wikipedia, I, I mean, <laughs> what other purpose is, is there, really? Aren't aren't they all imaginary holidays, Ted? Well, that's fair. I intend to add some more before the year's end, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so you've got the, the Festivus poll, the dinner, the earring of grievances, the, fe- the feats of strength, but mm-hmm. the writer of this particular part of that Seinfeld episode, uh, Dan O'Keefe describes something that actually happened in his household that was part of their Festivus celebrations that inspired the episode, uh, which was the Festivus clock, which is that they would put a clock in a bag and nail it to the wall, secretly. (laughs) And it was... Never, never the same bag. Sometimes the same clock, and always the same wall. And if they would ask their father why this was part of the celebration, he would just respond, "That's not for you to know." <laughs> I found that delightful. Uh, the the only lesser known fact about Festivus on Wikipedia. I I, I especially as, as we approach the the open slate of the holiday season, I have to remind myself that one way to stay sane with a couple of restless kids around is to stay busy and to, like if I'm not doing a project, they will just circle like sharks and eventually sink their teeth in and drive me insane. And as I listen to you describe the father shaping Festivus, it's clearly just a completely fabricated project <laughs> in order to stave off prying children. A reminder of our own missed opportunity. <laughs> well, is it missed? I don't know. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, yeah. I think imaginary pro- projects, maybe, they, they know no season. <laughs> I, did, I, I started cleaning out my garage. Uh, I've reached that level of the pandemic today. First day of 
being off from work and it was it, it was actually a delight in ways I won't get into now. Well, I just asked. It Adam would be inappropriate. It would be inappropriate for you to. It would tell us more. <laughs> uh, I don't want to veer. I don't want to veer off topic here. <laughs> right. Um, uh, so I, um, I, uh, I've written about my 2020 resolutions. Uh, well, I actually went back to the first episode of the year when we discussed some of our resolutions, just because I wanted to check check in on how I had done. Uh, so this is uh, 2020 resolutions revisited. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one was try new notebook brands. I did think I, I did one right notepad at the beginning of the year. Didn't stick with it every, ever since been field notes. So I kind of failed on that one. Um, read every New Yorker short story or read one story a week. I, uh, I didn't do that. T- totally I, fell off. I like liked that do. one. I always liked that one. Yeah. Yeah. That, me that too. Resolution. But it didn't. Yeah. Um, watch more movies and i specifically cited take afternoons off and go to the movie theater right. so yeah. can't cancel on that one um make more comics uh, we discussed the great linda berry uh book making comics which um despite all the time in the world i didn't get to um then uh, spend more time with family so that one achieved that one that's great check, um check. eat out less got that one done, done. yep mm-hmm. um improve hygiene slash spend less on haircuts done that washing my hands a lot this well, year well maybe you got a washcloth as a present so. yeah yep, might, i did your it's wife true. might have seen that resolution yeah. sitting around and helped you along your way on that one <laughs> that's right um i've got a few professional development resolutions that i mentioned um explore all video conferencing possibilities no so no yep for real yeah for real um, the other professional development one, uh, learn about event cancellation law. Um, <laughs> so I did that. Avoid verbal um, redundancies. I mentioned um, automatic teller machine, uh, PIN number. I'm sorry, ATM machine, PIN <laughs> number, global pandemic, I p- said yep. a year ago, episode 69. Um, become more active with my children's education. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. Did you really mention global pandemic? Uh, global pandemic, yep. Become more active with my children's education. Did that. Um, You're going to start some kind of weird conspiracy theory of people who are going to start decoding your contributions to this podcast for oh, more predictions that's, of that's the future. The goal. Yep. Uh, do more puzzles. I said do more puzzles. Um, travel more. I didn't, do, I didn't travel more. And then the last one I mentioned is... Um, Put nose into peanut butter, peanut butter jar and breathe deeply to ensure you can still have a sense of smell. This is my <laughs> final resolution from January 2020. And I'm sorry, did you achieve that last one? I've been doing that one a lot, yeah. Oh, doing cool. that one a lot. Good. good. Um, it feels good to make progress on your goals. Yep, I mean, you can't do all <laughs> that, of them. You, you, did can, quite you can't well, read every New Yorker a... short story. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? Oh, let's see. I was I was putting my son to bed a few nights ago, and he he's his body is uh, always a uh, injury riddled, just from various activities about about the home. Uh, and I I bumped his knee or something. He said, "Daddy, you hurt my scrape." And I said, <laughs> "Sawi," and he said, "Sawi doesn't cut it." <laughs> And then I had a bunch of resolutions from last New Year's that uh, that foretold the great uh, global collapse of uh, the economy and, and civilization as a whole. But I don't want to I don't want to be redundant with my word usage. So no, I'll, you don't. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got, Ryan? Well, I'd like to describe uh, our twenty twenty virtual holiday party, uh, where. We begin with Zoom caroling, a fantastic idea. Um, what could go wrong? Uh, where Fran was clearly mouthing the words. Tim was just eating a bowl of Captain Crunch and laughing, and half of the crowd was on mute. Well, that I mean, uh, Fran Fran seemed like she was on mute, but she wasn't. That's yeah. I mean, she has difficulty with the mute button. Um, 
we moved on to the gift exchange where basically uh, we traded online gift cards to Amazon, Starbucks, and Cracker Barrel. Uh, Wes suspiciously lost connectivity during the gift exchange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Freaking Wes. Um, Went and by then, Cracker uh, Barrel recently, man. That parking lot was packed to the brim. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Doing our part. Um <laughs> And then we moved on to the holiday feast, which involved uh, a lot of people having ordered food to their house. Um, some people eating their individually baked cakes and cookies, and uh, Tim eating a bowl of Captain Crunch. And laughing. <laughs> well, you know, this being most likely the last episode of 2020, we thought we got Ryan here that we would. Uh, stay away from any kind of lists because that would require intense preparation uh, and really talk about some of our highlights from the year in the world of the arts and the world of stationery books whatever else comes along so we're, we're thinking of a round table discussion of highlights from the year um, so maybe I'll get us started uh, and mention a movie that was an unexpected highlight from the year, which was Hail Caesar by the Coen brothers. I might have mentioned it on the show. We're going we're gonna to retread a lot of stuff we've probably mentioned throughout the year. Uh, but Coen brothers' movie Hail Caesar somehow totally escaped my radar. And I'm a, I'm a, I love the Coen brothers. Um, but uh, the film was delightful. It was like a, a, a true movie, like a, an enjoyable cinematic experience, like a Kong Skull Island sort of experience, <laughs> you know. The, well, I uh, um, the, that movie. The contours of film. That, that's the movie that my dad uh, likes to tell me repeatedly that it's all based on real people. And that if you know who's who in scenes, <laughs> that, it's, yeah. that they're all real Hollywood types. Um, which I understand, but I think he and I have this. I think he and I have the same level of understanding uh, as to who is who in the movie. Like we don't actually know who it is. We just so both know that they're based yeah. on uh, real, real folks. You're and, telling me that Marge Houlihan is based on on <laughs> Glenda O'Donoghue? Yeah, right, My God, right, right. I see yeah. this movie in a whole different light. And uh, <laughs> I, I like that movie too. I only saw it once, and uh, truly, like many of my favorite films. I fell asleep when I watched it the first time. So I know I need to see it again. I enjoyed what I saw. But, um, you know, when I saw Ron, the, uh, not Ron, when I saw The Hidden Fortress by Kuro Kurosawa in the movie theater, I fell asleep. When I saw Vertigo in the movie theater, I fell asleep. So it bodes maybe, well that I fell asleep the, during yeah, Hell Caesar. But I'm pretty sure it was just because I was tired. Into such a state of satisfaction that, that your body rewards, rewards you with, the gift of sleep maybe maybe that's it i like it i i did watch a, uh, a serious man on the on the momentum of uh hail caesar yeah i did not like a serious man it was the movie that i thought it would be and which is why i didn't watch it for like a decade and then i realized that i was right brian have you seen a serious man i have not a serious man is a masterpiece uh, the, the first time I saw it, this is no joke, I, I saw it again the next day. Um, oh, wow. With uh, We knew people who were going to be watching it, and they'd invited us, and somehow we'd watched it the night before, or vice versa, and we watched it again. I've seen it many times. You cannot watch this movie enough, although I never fell asleep during it. Um, <laughs> well, it's fantastic. Sir, I feel vindicated. It is about, yeah, it is about a Jewish suburb. A suburb is about Jews in suburban Minnesota in the 1950s. And uh, it's a perfect film. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm conflicted. Fair enough. Uh, all right, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it out to you guys. Highlights from the year in, in whatever category strikes your fancy. Ryan, you want to go? Sure, I'll go with uh, a, a book highlight for the year. Uh, I'm... I just mentioned a book called Luckiest Man by Jonathan Eig, which is a Lou Gehrig story. Um, 
which I just I enjoyed the way that that they talk about baseball as it was during that era and uh, you know they they're traveling around on trains they're playing every single day on their off days they're playing basically like pickup games in whatever town they happen to be in they'll have a handful of stars to play and they just grab local guys and they get a game together and people pay to see it because you know Lou Gehrig is batting and Babe Ruth is there and um, you know it was a different time in, in America and baseball and it was a really interesting story and obviously there's a lot of plot points people are familiar with uh, at this point but it was a a charming story and a, 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 you know just fun to kind of think about you know old times and, and baseball and just a, a different time in, in this country it was cool nice i um i have a book too uh it's called we cast a shadow by maurice carlos ruffin uh, it's a debut novel and i think it came out last year it is about a father whose son it's a, he has a biracial, biracial son father's black he has a biracial son who has a black birthmark that keeps growing and the father is trying to do anything he can in this kind of alternative future but not really that alternative to turn him white and um, it's set in an alternative New Orleans it's never said that it's New Orleans but it is and uh, I'm a big fan of Vladimir Nabokov and um, it's think it's obvious that um maurice ruffin in is as well or maybe i read it that he was a big fan of nabokov and then i kept seeing these uh ties to it but um it really i think is like the book that stuck with me the most this year it is by no means like a perfect sort of book um but it doesn't matter it really just stuck with me and the story was fantastic and i thought it was easy to read and i also had all these things to look up to try to figure out um, I'm going to try to remember it now, but there's a prison that he refers to by the name of a country, and I had to look it up, and in Louisiana, there is a prison that was named, um, I think, Algeria, um, and he calls it something else in, um, oh, I could be wrong, um, he, he calls it, maybe he calls it, um, um, it, yeah, he, maybe he calls it Algeria in the book i think it's angola is the prison uh in oh, louisiana yeah. Yeah, yeah. is it okay but um but it's name but anyway it's the history of this prison it ties to the real history of new orleans and uh, uh it's a great book strongly recommend it awesome. awesome well since we're on books uh i'm gonna mention stealing home by eric nussbaum uh which is the, a story of the displacement of families in los angeles ahead of the construction of Chavez Ravine and the, the politics of, of LA at that time and, and Eric's a good friend of mine we had him on a, a special episode of the podcast if you didn't get a chance to listen to that I encourage you to go back and find that um, but that that book uh, you know even at a time when uh, it's 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 a good book for the moment if anything because of the the patience that uh, that Eric displays in kind of unfolding the history of it and the dynamics of a community and it's you know complicated and and messy and you know there's no heroes there's 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 people who have heroic moments but you know everybody's human and I think uh, a story like that is it is a good story for where we're at now where I think the you know, if anything, the complexity of of um, of any given situation is is really worth reflection. So, stealing home—that's my big highlight of the year. It was just a pleasure to read it, and it was a pleasure to talk to Eric about it, and just live in kind of that the world of that book for a little while. Yeah. I loved that book. That was a whole, after reading that book was the reason I looked up some other, you know. Nonfiction baseball history books, and, and got the one that I mentioned. Yeah, I was I was actually in my garage, ostensibly hunting for my 
a, a now mythical big box of baseball books that I, <laughs> I, 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 kept, I built up this collection of baseball books and realized I was never reading any of them. So I'm pretty sure I got rid of them. But then I convinced myself that maybe I, after all, didn't get rid of them. But I think I did get rid of them. This is really too much about cleaning out your garage. I think we've, we've discussed that we're uncomfortable with discussions of cleaning out the garage, and we're going to avoid I'm that gonna, this episode. I'm going to mention it. <laughs> I'm going to mention it in ten second windows in intervals of five minutes for the rest. You're of just going to tease us with little. It's we don't we don't want too much of cleaning out the garage. We can't handle it. This isn't that kind so of podcast. So far, we know it happened. The baseball <laughs> books were not found. Right. That well. It's called the tease. <laughs> <laughs> so, a TV-wise, I would say, I mean, man, we watched too much TV this year. It was crazy. Um, so it's difficult to pick one, but I would say. I'm trying to narrow it down to one that actually was new because we kind of caught up on a bunch of stuff that, you know, we'd been recommended over and over again. Like, uh, like Cheers? Did you church. watch Cheers finally? Yeah, Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Friends. Uh, mm-hmm. that. Um, but the 2020 show that we really enjoyed that I was surprised that Heather liked as much as she did was Ted Lasso, which is an Apple TV Plus show. Um, that started as a commercial, but it was the premises. Jason Sudeikis is a an American like college football coach that's hired to coach a Premier League soccer team, and uh, doesn't know anything about the game or anything like that. And it kind of it's a starts off as a bit of a, a soccer version of Major League where. The owner's trying to tank the team, but it turns into kind of a feel-good story and uh, really enjoyable, a lot of funny moments, and uh, enjoy. I'm a lifelong soccer player, so I really enjoyed the show. It was great. I really like that one, too, and that's my show. I have not finished the season yet, but when um, when Doom Scrolling has um, you know, made me exhausted yet unwilling to sleep, I'll watch one or one and a half of those. It makes me feel a little bit better. And there, there is something, yeah. uh, I don't know, there's something very charming about that show. Indeed. My, my TV pick, um, I think this is, um, yeah. My TV pick, uh, How To With John Wilson. I, we may have mentioned it on one of the previous couple shows. Uh, mm-hmm. it's on HBO Max I think it is not for everyone uh, yeah I think I, I warned on the show you want to watch out for episode 4 um, I'm going to be in a safe space <laughs> when you watch that but I do think it's absolutely a masterpiece uh, the, the same way the serious man is if you don't care for a serious man you might not be a huge fan of how to with John Wilson but it's all this um, like footage that he's um, taken in New York just of ordinary folks probably for a decade and then stitched together to go with you know supposedly an essay and i think there's a little bit of you know some behind the scenes magic where some of it is planned but most of it is this um not found footage because he captures it but the, the man's got footage of everything he's a special sort of guy and really just brilliant show it's a show where i just keep interrupting my wife while we're watching it and saying isn't this brilliant to ensure that she can't possibly enjoy it um so you know i don't watch a ton of formal tv you know episodes here and there um but i don't i don't get through series is very often uh so for tv i am going to say the tweety show which uh which is not traditional tv in any sense but it is it is I have watched the Tweety family uh, play music and hang out in their living room since late March of 2020, and I've watched probably, you know, average three episodes per week, Um, you know, getting up to like six a week at the height of, uh, of their production schedule. 
and it you know I, I I was reflecting on it last time I was watching it it's 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 a combination of kind of talk radio almost where you know you you can listen every night and it doesn't have to go anywhere for it to be uh, entertaining and satisfying um, but then you mix in fantastic music and just the consistency of connecting with people um, and it's been a it's been a remarkable uh, viewing experience for me throughout this year um, so that's an uh, internationally renowned television program it, Jeff Tweedy's very calming presence too um, from yeah. from the very beginning I think he's he does a really he beats con he disarms conflict uh, you know who knows what happens in his personal life but he he seems to really disarm if there's like a slight disagreement on the show or anything like that um and that uh, there's some i I'm, i don't know you guys tell me if you don't get this from the show at all i'd be interested but i i think that when there's when there could be a conflict between him and his family on the show and he disarms it, it I find that like very calming and I feel like I keep thinking like oh there's something I could learn from this I should watch this show more carefully <laughs> um, I don't know well I agree and, but I think at the same time they are they're willing to be real and to voice anxieties and concerns and and boredom and happiness and humor and you know it's it, I think it's rare to find another um, you know, something in the realm of viewing or television or whatever you want to call it, where you know the realness of the situation is just on full, on full display, and part of the realness of the situation is joking around, and and you know I I don't think you have to punish yourself constantly, and the Tweeties are real, but they're also you know real in the way that they mess around and enjoy music and you know enjoy each other's company and praise each other and give each other a hard time and have conflicts and resolve them in real time and it's it's remarkable um, and the chat the chat function is this other sort of funny Greek chorus constantly humming along in the background which is unique I guess it's not unique anymore but um, I don't know. There's you could you could probably write a thesis on the show, which would of course take all the fun out of the show. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, you know, and it's all I think it's all undergirded by you know having excellent musicians who can you know at the drop of a hat break out in fantastic songs from covers to originals. Um, it's it's been a real a real highlight you know there was a time where i kind of felt like i had to drop everything to watch it and that was that was where i was mentally i think it's a good sign that i don't feel that way anymore it's like <laughs> thanks for getting me through that tweeties i mean i and i still watch it but i don't watch it as as religiously uh i'd like to add one highlight here somewhat unconventional category of uh, one of my favorite failed jokes of the year. <laughs> it's uh, disguised as a, a bit of, as a what do you got, but uh, I wrote here, told Ted and Adam about the Hamilton Zoom that I had uh, for work. It was a, a Zoom call with a, that a software company I work with uh, put on where cast members from Hamilton came on and, and sang some songs from their living rooms on the Zoom call. <laughs> uh, made a dumb mute joke. And it must have been worse than I even thought because neither of them even asked why I was on the Zoom with cast members from Hamilton. When did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> to this day, I have no idea if you guys realized that actually happened. No. Yep, had no idea. Was were, yeah. was that on a? Were we talking or was that a text message? No, it was a text message huh. that I sent y'all. My K was on a, a Zoom call with cast members from Hamilton. This guy just did uh, 
you know, what uh, the the main song, like, uh, not gonna, whatever, not gonna give up my shot or whatever, as every character from that song by himself, and it was amazing. I was like, it would have been a lot cooler if he wasn't on mute. <laughs> and effectively killed the fact that I had actually just seen this amazing thing. <laughs> did we react like it was a normal mute joke or did we were were you greeted with silence? Didn't even acknowledge huh. not 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 whatsoever. It was amazing. I was like, man, that's probably the best thing that could have happened. That's a rough one that happens. Maybe Hamilton is cursed. <laughs> I I made a joke to Ted uh, when he was in Chicago a year and a half ago <laughs> about about Hamilton. Well, I, I told him that uh, Jennifer and I were going to uh, we were going to see a musical about the Treasury Secretary or something, and uh, <laughs> yeah. yep. and silence. I was greeted with silence. Yep, um, it was a good one. Yeah, the joke's so good, yeah. no one can tell it's a joke. You know, I was gonna I was gonna do one of my failed jokes of um, 2022, but that's the last one I got. It was 2019. <laughs> All the other ones, no. <laughs> yeah. Well, this, yeah. this category has become the failed Hamilton jokes. <laughs> that's right that's right uh do we well, want to stay in arts or do we want to move on to stationary yeah let's let's pivot to, to stationary so we, we were talking a little bit before the show and i think uh uh ryan you you i think named the best notebook and the best pencil in your opinion i i, I think i share those opinions do you want to go ahead and uh, talk about those so I don't put more words in your mouth. Sure, um, I, you know, I, 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 I laid off on the the seasonal releases this year fairly well, uh, I would say. But I think my favorites, at least, you know, from the major companies that we kind of talk about a lot, would be the Eras release that was. I mean, I, that's the only one that I bought this year. Yeah, the, bl- the black and, and era pencils. Yeah. yeah, they look like the old six o twos, right? Is that the? Yeah. yeah. And Ted and I split a box of those, and I, I mean, that's probably one that I would have been okay with having some around for a long time. I really like it, and it's you know it's a good looking pencil. And, um, you know, they did a lot of great things this year. Blackwing did. Um, I, I didn't buy any of them mainly just because I didn't need to and uh, just have too many and so laid off even though I liked a lot of them but uh, that was that one was a highlight that I immediately bought. Um, and then you know notebook wise I they had a lot of carryover from the the national parks, but I think I, what I would say I, I did I re-upped a subscription on the winter release the the uh, snowy evening because that one was really cool and the fact that they I think y'all talked about it already but you know every single book is unique and has a unique snow snowflake printed on the front of it and I thought that was really cool and they were. You know, attractive looking notebooks. I thought that'd be fun to get on board with those. So I probably have to name those two things as my favorites. I mean, there are a lot of probably too many fountain pens, but uh, we'll save that for another day. <laughs> I I finished my notebook t- today, just before the show, as I was writing uh, my my fake resolutions, um, and uh, and I think I'm going to start the snowy evening next. I haven't used them yet. Um, but uh, you know, I I like them so much that I tell myself I'm just going to use those for the next few months. We'll see. Um, but I think you know, at least of ones that I've used or or used a version of, I think the National Park Series E, which is Denali and uh, Olympic and Cuyahoga, those are the ones that um that those are the notebooks this year that I think look just the best. Um, of everything that Field Notes put out, and yeah, really of, of everything that anybody put out. Cool. I'm yeah, I, I agree with you on the eras, Ryan, and I'm I'm in a similar boat. I haven't bought a lot of new pencils, but uh, those are great, and they they uh, 
they're they just become a a part of the fabric of your of my stationary setup very smoothly i don't you know it's like i when i see them i don't think oh that's a blackwing era it just has become a, a staple a staple object you know you don't sit around thinking about the story of it it just really is kind of a foundational fundamentally nice uh piece of stationery that doesn't doesn't say you're you're now using a pencil that's themed on an international uh, <laughs> um, music career or whatever you know whatever right like that. Not that you know, that anything it wrong looks with like that. one that should be there in their regular lineup, honestly. It's yeah, like, no, totally. Right. Totally. It's that good that they should just sell it all the time. You know, the other, Indeed. the special edition they put out this year that I think, and I really liked a number of their special editions, including the purple ones, I think the 19, but the, mm. the, the pencils they put out for the hardest job in the world, I think were fantastic. I, cool. as we mentioned, I got a box for free, but then they did sell them, um, they, they sold them to folks and uh, actually the quality control on those also was a lot better than maybe what we've seen a little bit from some of the other pencils they've been putting out which is confusing but the, those are neat and the, the quotes on them like the yeah. I could see myself writing like I have no inclination to be a dictator I want to like I want to use that whole pencil uh, the yes we can to to some to you know uh, to some other degree but like those those are neat ones and it, i think they should you know, that would be a one one that i would think would keep selling and they should make more yeah that, i mean that was so cool i didn't I, I didn't need to own any but just to see that all unfold and to have his book come out and to have you excited about him and then just see this kind of you know very creative take on it with the quotes and which which is really tying into a theme beyond just you know thinking up a black wing theme to tying into something bigger and more interesting yeah that's fantastic i mean it would be really cool to see more of that in the future too yeah you know um on the erasable podcast facebook group there's been some discussion of like blackwing and whether they're you know uh why the hype for blackwing this and that and it's interesting i think that mmx edition which they call matt now and the 602 and this era's edition those are kind of the reason that people really love black wings in the seasonal editions or the quarterly editions are very cool but um they don't have what you mentioned i think at the start of this which is just like you're not thinking about the theme when you're using it it just feels like a perfect pencil um i also i i also commented on there that the thing about the black wing is they are black wings are overrated but irresistible anyways and i don't know why that is or how they do that but um it feels yeah. true. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I want, it's an interesting idea to think about, you know, what if they, what if they scaled back the kind of quarterly limited editions and it instead turned to a sort of uh, partnership idea where when a cool book was coming out, you know, really tie it, tie it to something happening in the world. Like I, you know, some of the, they they get they really do get to feel kind of random at a point. You know, I just think of like the vinyl, the thirty three and a third vinyl edition. It's like, I mean, this is kind of cool. It's about a record, but uh, it would be cooler if like Jack White wrote a book about you know owning third man records, and then you put out then you put out a record pencil or whatever. You know, like. You could think of a lot of cases when the theme would be a lot more satisfying if there was if there was a real connection to make. Yeah. You know, I think Third Man Records, I think there were field notes for Third Man yeah. and Blackwing yeah. for Third Man this year. And I, Was there a Blackwing did, for it? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And yeah. neither neither were too memorable for me. Yeah, I'm looking at these. They actually have done Third Man Records pencils. And they're, they're, they are interesting, but they are... More in the merge category than, than uh, tying into something bigger. So um, interesting. It's interesting. I you know I, I I echo Ryan. I have I've never been a big subscriber, but I I have felt this year, and I've mentioned it numerous times, that I've had no desire to be in the streams of new of new editions. You know whether it's Blackwing or Field Notes or any of the other. I, I've just I've I've felt less 
compelled to do that. Whereas, you know, like the the hardest job in the world, pencils. That was like, oh, cool. It kind of came out of nowhere. There's pencils with this book. Yeah, the surprise is really so. Like, uh, yeah, there's the the surprise and the, the, the just the bizarreness of giving them away. Them just showing up somewhere instead of yeah, it yeah. being like a marketing release which you know i still yeah. wonder if that was like a mistake right if the pencils were supposed to be ready sooner or something um but yeah. the the backwards way of it made it very exciting and interesting yeah. Yeah. um yeah my stationary standby and it hasn't been all year it was it was in the early fall where i really dug in was this nanami seven seas writer and and uh you know i think again it's a it's a connected strongly to the time we're in because you know you're home every night you kind of you put the kids to bed and having this big this big heavy sort of thin thin sheathed notebook to kind of set down and settle in and get my nice fountain pen and just put some thoughts down and have it be a very very satisfying physical you know physical analog experience of the the ink reacting really well to this beautiful paper and knowing that I'm I'm chronicling these times and kind of going to see this gigantic beautiful notebook fill up it's been a real it's it's been a nice um grounding kind of thing for me so that's my that's my highlight my go-to stationary product of the year you know, I was going to, I said that the snowy evening and the national parks, that those are my favorite, but as we were talking and I was thinking about it, I, I think I'm going to go with the heavy duty edition, um, which, uh, since we got them, I applied a magnet on it, stuck it on my fridge. It's been there. We, uh, we use it in the whole house for the to-do list. And the thing that I like about it, we don't think about it at all, right? It's not, yeah. we're not thinking about yeah. using it the same way that you talk about the, the, the best black wings being the ones that are just the perfect pencil and you don't think about the special edition that you know the that's a little to-do list and uh it's lived there along with the magneto pencil from portugal i think that's awesome magnetized stationary Mag- <laughs> what's I'm not a, to love about I'm a, that i'm a simple man as long as um as long as my stationery is magnetized, I'm happy. <laughs> I might go so far as to call you a serious man, Adam. That's <laughs> a high compliment, Ted. Um, the, I think the, the last thing I want to shout out, you guys might have more, um, is Monocle Magazine. It's another thing we talk about a lot, but uh, in challenging times, that, that outfit has produced magazine after magazine that uh that lives that lives in the moment we're in you know they're a little bit rosy eyed a little little starry eyed a little rose colored glasses uh i'm not going to say that they're facing down the most difficult questions that all of us face but that has been alongside the sunday new york times uh those those kind of regular uh missives from the world with a hint of optimism and colorful photographs uh, have been a real source of, of comfort and satisfaction and enjoyment for me too. So I mean, it, there's a level almost of uh, appreciation that they, they've they've bowled their way through to continue doing what they do. It's impressive and it's uh, it, it goes a long way. So Monocle magazine and podcasts and the whole thing, I've I've really hitched my saddle to them. You Y'all have anything else that, uh, any other highlights? Yeah, you know, I guess on that note, you remind me that um, when t- 20 years ago I had a semester abroad in London and I would really like the Saturday Guardian and the magazine in the Guardian was great. The Saturday paper is like the Sunday papers here. Kind of they do something where a different staff makes the Sunday papers in England. And um, for a while I used to be able to, after I moved here, you'd be able to get the Saturday Guardian sometimes or most of it, but not the magazine. And uh, finally they have an app that allows you to uh, read the newspaper like in a daily edition. It doesn't look exactly like it, but it's organized the same way. And I subscribed to that and 
just go reading the Saturday Guardian, the magazine a bit, but the, they have a huge book section and just um, reading the book section and the essays in the book section and just writing down every book that I want to read or request from the library or, you know, not read, but at least just write the title down as though I've achieved something. Very, very satisfying feeling. And uh, it's uh, it's provided some joy on uh, on my weekends. Awesome. Anything else you want to highlight? Get in out of the wire, Ryan? Yeah, I, I think um, I'd like to just say a highlight of the year was, <clears throat> excuse me, having a, a story in in the Plumbago Tiny issue. Yeah, so Your story was great, I too. I think there's been a lot of, thank you, there's been a lot of talk about zines, I feel like, in the latter half of this year, you know, people at home and... and doing their own thing and coming up with projects and, you know, trying to be creative. And, you know, the fact that they put out this really special issue of Plumbago that, you know, looked great and is memo book size and, um, you know, was a really kind of a cool and polished version, but still small and, and had a unique feel to it, you know, and to be involved with that and to have a, a uh, you know, a goofy little story in there was uh, a real highlight for me. That was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Appreciate totally it. Totally awesome. And I'm gonna I'm gonna end our highlights section uh, with truly my favorite highlight, uh, which was was and is going over to Ryan's back patio after the kids go to bed to play nerdy tabletop baseball appa baseball with these decks of cards and dice both of us learned how to play we didn't know how to play this thing uh we get to use our pencils our our cw pencil scoring pencils and write down lots of little things and roll dice and pretend to be baseball announcers announcing imaginary games and uh as far as as far as pandemic activities go, it doesn't get much better than that. So thanks, Ryan, for, for I don't know, light, keeping the fire lit. We, we, we're bound to do another one in the next week or so, I'd say. Yeah, we got to get filled with the Christmas spirit and play some baseball. Indeed. <laughs> so that's been, that's been amazing. <laughs> um, but on that note, I think we'll wrap it up. Thanks for a great year of... Uh, of podcasting guys thanks to everyone for listening this year uh, and we look forward to next year and we'll just keep on chugging along you can check us out on the internet at takenote.space we've got uh, a blog over there I just posted some uh, some images from my trip to a nearby nature center where there was a, a magician of color chalk uh, who filled up eight chalkboards with uh, impeccable chalk handwriting and illustrations. Uh, you can sign up for our newsletter. Or we'll send you prompts to get you going on what you want to write in your notebook. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash takenotepod. We will see you next year. Take care.